Yo, welcome to uh, DJ Hustle's podcast. Um, I have an iconic rapper, man, out of Los Angeles, California. His name is Glasses Malone. How you doing, G? How you doing, my brother? My man, Glasses. Glad to have you on the show, bro. Man, thank you for having me, man. I appreciate it. Man, you've been in the game for a couple minutes now. and uh, We was just counting the other day, officially 15 years. Wow. My first record came out in 2007, certified. It wow. actually ended up being a hit record, but... That I was a big record. 2007. Yeah. That was a great big record, brother. Yeah. Um, you are a lyricist that paints. When I when I mean by paint, you not only that do you you do your lyrics, but you give the audience a visual as you write and you say your lines. Um, who inspires you to be that kind of lyricist? That's actually a really good question because. Generally, that question is who inspired me to rap? And I'll be like, nobody. But that particular question is probably Scarface will be number one. Um, I think he's one of the greatest at painting that kind of picture. Ice Cube is right there. He paints great pictures. Dub C don't get enough credit. Um, the shadiest one album with him and CJ Mack, the pictures were unbelievable. But naturally, I'm a storyteller. But if I had to attribute to me, who do I go to for stories? Those guys, plus Snoop, Nas is nasty. It's a couple of nasty storytellers in hip hop history. Obviously, Rick, Slick, you know what I'm saying? Slick Rick back in the day. Um, but naturally, that's my gift. I'm, I'm a storyteller. Yeah, I, I've seen you in when I was in front of the stage watching you as a, as a, as a spectator. I'm seeing you when I introduced you as a hip hop artist on stage. I've seen you behind the scenes. Um, when it comes to you repping the West Coast, you you made it very endeared to everybody on the West Coast when you went to the East Coast and you get told Charlamagne and, and everybody in that crew about how Snoop was the biggest rapper, period. Now, we know that, right? But the way that you illustrated again, how you paint the picture and you had to slow them guys down to, to understand what you were saying. And once you did, you gave them a whole solid book. How do, how do you, think that you can continue to do that as you paint the picture when you talk, not only when you write as an artist, but when you talk and you convey a message to somebody to make them really believe in what you're saying. Um, I do a lot of research. I read a lot. Um, when I first got into hip hop, it saved my life. Mm. Um, I was in a really different place, selling PCP, gang banging, low riding, just in this really weird place of trying to survive. Um, hip hop kind of came, you know, my brother wanted to rap. He brought it to me. We started rapping together. Um, and it became like my therapist. Like it became something I could talk about and, and all the stuff we were suffering and the trauma, I was able to express it. Right. Um, got me a record deal. I never had to sell drugs again. Right. Um, but 2012, it, it, it fell in love with me in 2005. I fell in love with it in 2012. So even wow. growing up, I loved the music, but I never was in love with hip hop as a culture or what it would, you know, what it should be as a culture. Right. So around 2012, I fell in love with it. And, you know, when you truly in love with something, you desire to learn any and everything about it. Yeah. And the more I dig into the roots of hip hop and 
I made a pilgrimage. I, I talk about this all the time, but I made a cold pilgrimage to the East Coast and back across the country just to get into the roots of hip hop and oh, wow. where it came from, you know, going to George Clinton's hometown, you know, wow. you know, talking to Cool from Cool in the Gang, having lunch with Eric B., you know, spending a lot of time in Boston at Roxbury, where New Edition is from, you know, really just combing the whole country to the roots of hip hop, you know what I'm saying, uh-huh. that, that where we pull from. And um, you just learn so much, you know what I mean? Like my passion for it is deep. And when you get into what the cornerstone of what hip hop really represent, where Cool Herc was, and you know, when they was trying to do what it was about initially, right? You know, everything points to Snoop Dogg. So having that conversation, it wasn't really so much about the West or speaking up for the West. I mean, the West don't need representation. It's represented well. Yeah. But the truth is when you get into hip hop being this party and this great time and this the way we do our thing and you know how we do our stuff it, it all points back to Snoop Dogg every time you know what I mean mm-hmm. and that's why he's you know he may not be some people can be more skilled as you know whatever they think more skilled or a better rapper as people like to say or right. some, somebody else could be more endeared like Pac is more endeared to the people that love him but mm-hmm. when you think of hip hop on every level, whether it's from in the culture, outside of the culture, around the world, Snoop is going to be the token trophy. It's going to be the guy that can walk through any mall in the world and people are going to be like, that Snoop Dogg. And they're not going to think of him from a film. You know, that'll be in addition. They're not going to think of him from his show with Martha Stewart. They're going to think of the rapper. This is Snoop Dogg, the rapper, the gangster yes, rapper. And when you think about what hip hop represents, that's Snoop. Snoop took it out of this galaxy and you can only be as great as him. There's no such thing as greater than him. No, that's the pinnacle of greatness. So mm. it ain't about him being from the coast. You know what I mean? It's just really the truth. The more you get into it, being a party, no party is like a Snoop party, man. You know, that music come on, ain't no fun. And then it's, it's the pinnacle. So it's just man. the truth. It, it's cool because how you, you talk highly of him, but you even did a record with him. And you, to me, sonically, the way that you brought, you came across on the record with him, and then on some of your other records you've done uh, with Tupac Must Die, and that is current record you got going on, the way that you paint those pictures of whatever you're talking about, it illustrates that you're a great MC and a great motivator. And I, I was under, under the influence of you being a great MC and you're a great undertaker of words. Your work, your workmanship is like it's, it's so phenomenal, man. I, you know, thank you. I don't know how you do that, man. Every time I've seen you over the years, and in your delivery, you can speed it up, slow it down, or even kill. You know what I mean? And to me, that's marks of a, of a, of a DLC noted to me. You, to me, you, you you're you're right in the vein with the DLC. Man, that's I think so highly of Doc, man. I'll send Doc a record. He thinks I'm crazy. Like, if the record is crazy, he'll be like, this nigga crazy. But he never calls me crazy. He'll make a um, an intelligent point, and I'll accept it. But I also understand, like, you know, even with Dre, when, like, Dre was cussing me out about Tupac Must Die, and, and Doc was like, yo, like, man, gee, I got people that suffer from mental health. Like, you on Kanye, and I'm like, it's not about that. Right. But I look at them as the people who paved the way for the culture to, mm-hmm. to truly you know, be explored by everybody else outside of it. And, you know, as they're more successful in life and they become more mainstream, 
as the culture, you know, keeps being revealed. I mean, obviously you get to a place as an adult where you're like, yo, this ain't right. It's like <laughs> yeah. when you're a part of the culture, you know, just like for them, you know, when they was protesting their existence from NWA to death row, you know, you just keep going. Mm-hmm. And um, that that's a, a huge compliment because I, between DOC and Rakim in the 80s, I don't think MCN, I think those guys took MCN to a whole other worlds. You know what yeah. I mean? So to even be in the same category or conversation or remotely compared to Doc, I mean, DLC is amazing because he's just, him, Player Ham, and Rakim, I, I think in the 80s lyrically, they were like, yeah, like specially tiered. You know, they were Are really that? special MCs. Now, let's talk about this new record, bro. Um, you got you teamed up with another star like yourself sugar free Um, i forget the other brother's name but you got your phenom not your phenom and you got the three of you on this record and i I like how this they start off first and you go last and the way that you structured the song how you slowed it down said what you said had to say and kept it flowing Talk to me about, did you lay your verse first or did they go first and you listen to what they said and then you did your verse? Because the way that it is structured is, is phenomenal. So uh, it was me and Sugar Free first. Okay. Like I had Sugar Free there and then I rapped behind Sugar Free because I realized he connected me into the song. Mm. Um, but me and the music and well, me and the record itself, me and the music, we gonna have a special relationship. And very rarely is it about who else is making an appearance on the song for me. I'm gonna lay, I'm gonna lay into the the the, the production where I'm supposed to lay at. Right. It doesn't matter. Like right now, I'm preparing an idea to send for Buster Rhymes and LL Cool J. Mm. Like, and I just MC the verse. It don't matter what they say. You know what I mean? Like right. I'm going to lay into the production the way Glasses Malone is going to lay in the production and make sure I complete an idea. So it was me and Free initially, and I've been working with the LA Giants, like helping them establish their own record label. Okay. You know, they play Hamson, so they're like incredible MCs. They're okay. like bred to be unbelievable, and they are as unbelievable as they're bred to be. Right. But my boy Joey heard it. He's like, man, I want to be on something like this. And I was like, you want to rap on it? He's like, yeah. I was like, here. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to put your verse first, so you got to have a first verse. Like, you... Right. You know, and, you know, kind of talking to them about making sure they had fun with it. And Deuce Mac raps last. So right. Joey raps first, Deuce Mac raps last. And I'm right before Deuce. And they just had fun with it. They just allowed it to be special and fun and entertaining. And that was so important. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And again, I'm not worried about who goes first, second, third or fourth. I'm worried about is the record you know, going to develop into something special. Is it going to blossom into, spe- into something special? And Joey starts the record off, Joey Westside starts the record off so incredible. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Sugar Free makes it special. And then when I come in with the third verse and I make it, you know, I, I get pay homage to Corrupt and Flip mm-hmm. Day stuff. And then Deuce comes with a firmness that shuts the record down. So sonically and record-wise, it tells a really great story. Yeah. Um, we call it, we, we make conscious gangster rap where it's very conscious, but it's like still no regards for crime. And, right. you know, we don't care about how you feel about it. It is very much um, what they say, rude, you know, this, with no it's regards. It's very evident it's rude. <laughs> it's very honest. 
And it's something that needs to be said. It's always something that needs to be said. Like, hip hop is in a weird space where people are not saying what needs to be said. They're saying what people want to hear them say. And one thing that I'm blessed with the Giants and and, and being around the Giants and myself and and a couple of people I'm talking to, G Perico, Mm -hmm. like it's still a movement of people trying to say what needs to be said to continue that tradition of hip hop. All right, let me ask you this question. I've never asked this before to anybody. Are you, I know you're not afraid of, of cancel culture, but do you think a lot of MCs and rappers nowadays are afraid of cancel culture? I'm not talking about the ones who are just trying yeah, to get a buzz. Yeah, yeah. For, for I, yeah static, I think even ones, some of our icons are. Yes, it's a real thing. You know, again, so they put themselves in a situation, you know, with all of these festivals and the way the money is, it's mm. all coming from corporations. Right. You know what I mean? And it's, they're overpaying a lot of people, like a situation with the baby, they're, they're overpaying them for a lot of the stuff they're doing. Right. So when they're unhappy with, you know, the narrative that you're saying or whatever point you're making, mm. they can, you know, cut your shit out. They will, yeah. like they cut into the baby's profit, they cut into that shit. But, and a nigga like me, man, I'm from Watts. I mean, and I don't want, the white folks money anyway. I'm not looking for money for Pepsi. No disrespect to them. I'm not looking for money for Coca-Cola. No disrespect to them. Mm. Y'all can't, I'm not to be controlled. Right. My joystick out of the system. You know what I'm saying? I'm not with that. And if it means that I'm not going to make a billion dollars, a hundred million dollars, I never needed it anyway. I would have just gave it away to niggas who need it. Right, right. I mean, all I needed was a million a year. There you go. That's more than enough. I could take care of my family and do right by my community. So, you know, it's more power in me. and It's more power to me, I'm saying, with the ability to say what I think. And outside mm. of that, long as I'm transparent with what it is and who I am, mm-hmm. and I make more, I made more than a great living there. I only intended, for me, when I was in high school, I wanted to be a pharmacist before I ever sold drugs. They only make $60,000 a year. I never thought I would need it more than 85000 Wow. I make that shit standing on top of my head. So it was never the money. Everybody else, you know, they trying to counter their trauma of poverty. You know what I'm saying mm. I, I just don't have that. This Got shit you. ain't for sale. I mean, you can't buy me. Yeah. Fuck the festivals. Fuck all that. I mean, you can't buy me. You either fuck with a real one or you don't. You real <laughs> and you fuck with a real one. Feel me or you don't. Feel me, I'm going to stay real. But you you do like the crush grooves and stuff like that. You you do the crush grooves and how the West was won. Um, and they every time you're on stage, they receive you as LA's one of the LA's own. It's not like you're just a rookie or nothing like that. Um, mm. you do great work. You have a great stage show. You do great with the audience participation. You don't fail at all. So I I can't see you ever failing at anything that you do as far as with the mic in your hand. Thank you, man. I do a lot, man. When I tell you. I do a lot of homework. You know, I've had some really great tutelage and mentorship. You know, yeah. Mac 10, Birdman, Lil Wayne, really great people, Battle Cat. I mean, Guido the Nose, you know, all mm. the people that started my career. Kiki Loco is so important, you know, from yeah. True Blue. You know, uh, niggas off the street don't get enough credit. My older brother, Pooh. I've had great, my boys, my manager, still, just great tutelage. And I was blessed to fall in love with hip hop. You know what I'm saying? And that really helped me a lot. You know what I mean? And it, it made me very possessive over it. I'm possessive mm. now where I don't want to give it to everybody. And a lot of the homies get mad. They be like, yo, you can't just say this person shit. Yes, I can. 
I'm possessive because I love it. It's mine. You know what I mean? And it comes, it. it's ours and we just not giving it to everybody. But yeah, I, I just feel like my love for it, my passion for it makes me a different kind of animal with it. You know what I mean? So I'm grateful that, you know, people do like my show and I'm grateful they can notice the work I put in. I'm grateful when I tell a story and they get it. You know, I'm, I'm grateful because this is all the art of communication anyway. I'm trying to, you know, get something. I'm trying to put a thought in your mind to make sure, you know, you stay, don't let these people control you. You know what I mean? Right. This is the reality. Even, you know, with Kanye should have never married that bitch. It's like, you know, this woman has no business guiding black people beauty standard. You know what I mean? No disrespect to Kim. I love the lady, yeah. cool lady. And I hope success for her and her family and her children. But you don't, she has no business to sign the beauty standards for sisters in the world. You know what I mean, and if I got to speak up on it every time for y'all listen to somebody that's really insecure, like, like all human beings are, but allowing them mm. to get the better of her, I'm going to speak up against it. And if Ye don't like it, I respect him. You know, he one of my favorites, but nigga, y'all don't control me. Right. Y'all can't control me. Y'all can't fuck with me. Y'all can't whoop my ass. You can't win in no way. You can't win in a shootout. You can't win in a fist fight. You can't win in a rap battle. Mm. I'm going to do my work because this is what I'm here to do. That's it. And whoever don't like it, you know, fuck them straight up. You know what I mean? And you know what? And you know what you call a hip hop man? You call you call him General Giant. I don't know if you knew that or not. Uh, I heard that. Even when I was, you know what's crazy? Let me take one back. When I was in Fresno, we did a show in Fresno. I was DJing for MASH and you pulled up on us. Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? How you doing? I'm like, this dude is cool as hell. And then you went on to have a hit record and then toured. And then every year I see you, it's always love and respect. Can we see a book out you, man, or a movie about you? Because you, know, you've man. done so much, bro. I mean, you your story needs to be told. I don't know, man. I think, um, I don't know. Listen, I don't think that's really my thing because I think my story ain't, I got to see how it ends if I write it, you feel me? I got to get a little closer to, because I don't think, honestly, I've climaxed in my life, pause. Like, I don't think I've hit the climax. In the, I think we're just about to see the climax of my story. Okay. Like, and, you know what I'm saying? I, I got to see how interested it is as a story. Like, the initial part of it, it's, it could be, but it's more or less about other characters. Um, but you're but a storyteller, bro. I heard that concept before, but my spirit animal is the elephant, so it works okay. out. But you're a storyteller to the to the max. It's not, it's like yeah, but I don't, it's I don't no weakness in you. So yeah, so I don't want to fabricate that. it. So when I get to the climax of it, yeah, then I'll be able to say, yeah, this story is worthy of being told. It's you know, Snoop and them, they climax is different. You know, right. the motherfucker get on, had the hottest album in the country, and go to jail for murder a couple of days later. That's a hell of a climax. You don't got to even tell a story past getting out. You feel me? Exactly. Like so I haven't had. My climax probably won't be as like that. It'll be more like this different type of success that nobody before me in my position has been able to obtain. So I got to see what happened. You feel me? Once I know what happened, then I could tell you if the story is worthy of being told. Okay. When, when was it when you thought to yourself, I made it? What was the, what was the show or record you was like, man, I've arrived. And then nobody messed to up. To be with. honest, yeah. Tupac must die. Mm. So before that, I felt like I was just making a living. The culture was paying me. I felt mm. like the culture loved me. Okay. Like, you know, hip hop loved me. Hip hop loved me way before I loved it. It did. It loved me, man. People showed me love, you know. But 
Tupac must die that I was able to reciprocate the love that it had for me. You know what I'm saying? And that was the first time I felt I put a, a brick in a pillar of the foundation of hip hop where people are gonna be able to go back and be like, yeah, that right there is special versus having just a record or just rapping or just having something, but having something special, you know, mm. to me that compared to special things. So that's yeah. that was that was the moment I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm I'm in this thing for real. I, mean, I probably could have won a Grammy if I would have handle my business. But again, you know, I just want to make sure I do right by the culture and do right by the people who need the music, who need insight into what's going on, where we from. Yeah, I, I think you, you're doing that now, man, with these records, you, you, you put out effort and you put thought into it and it makes younger MCs want to do what you're doing. You know, some of these guys don't even know what they want to do rapping about. Like when they hear somebody who's a lyricist, not a rapper, anybody can be a rapper, somebody mm-hmm. a lyricist like yourself. When you hear, when people hear lyrics, they're like, man, I want to do that. I want to do this. And then, you know, what, what is your process when it comes to sitting down and writing music? What, where's your comfort zone? Multiple, man. It just depends. Sometimes I have an idea and I'll come to a beat. Sometimes mm. I'll have an idea and I'll have somebody make music or make the music with them. Sometimes the music can inspire me. Sometimes I'm listening to an older song and I'm like, yo, I, I got an idea to flip that. Mm. I mean, um, the more I fell in love with hip hop, I just learned so many approaches to making records. When I first got into it, I would just play music and then let the music inspire me to write whatever I wrote. In 2022, you know what I'm saying? I got seven ways to to go about it. You know what I mean? It's always tough for me to have writer's block because it's about seven, eight ways I could go (laughs) about making a record. And some of the records I think is average is so much, you know, so great when it comes to the culture. It's scary. Mm. So my job is to keep building on that and finding more ways to skin a cat. You know what I'm saying? I got you, man. My last question, brother. What keeps you motivated? I love it. I love it. I you feel like it. I got a point to prove. It's a chip on my shoulder. And I genuinely love hip hop. I love this shit, man. And I don't just love the MC part that I'm a part of. I love the whole challenge of it. Mm. I love every part of it. Feel me? I love it. I love it. It keeps me up at night. You know what I'm saying? I love this shit. I study it. I love it. And it just drives me crazy. I mean, so it's, it's, it chose me and then I chose it. You feel me? It's like a girl that fought in love with you first and she love you to death, but she like, man, you don't really love me like that. You really realize <laughs> she love you like that. And it's like, then you fall in love with her. Mm. I mean, it's that type of love story. You know what I'm saying? Like, this shit loved me. It made me a millionaire. It made me a million, two million dollars before I even fell in love with it. Damn. Just because I was showing some level of devotion to it. But when I fell in love with it, the money meant nothing. Yeah. It just changed. You know what I'm saying? And it started being about, you know, understanding it and focusing on it. and like, what's the lady named Hearst? She, she got the song Focus on Me. That's like, that's hip hop talking to me. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, that's that's really where it is, man. Man, Glasses, thank you, man, so much for this thank time. Thank you for having bro. me, man. Thank you, you are a great MC, man. I wish nothing but the thank best you. for you. Thank you know, you. I'm going I'm to spin your record behind me in a minute anyway, so don't so worry about I ask, that. Man. So I ask, man. Whatever I, you I'm, need I'm, from us, bro, we got you covered, bro. Yes, sir. I'm always leaning on them DJs, man. Y'all the cornerstone of this shit. 
man, elements, you know what I'm saying? And um, keep doing what you're doing. And we was, I'll see you at the top, brother. Yes, sir. My God. Thank you. That's love.